I'm very, very pleased to be able to speak with you today, Nicholas Lowe, uh, the chief executive of CoinHouse, uh, which uh, might well be described as Europe's first uh, cryptocurrency platform that is also got a banking license. Would I be correct to say that? Well, it's um, it's um, you're mostly true. Um, maybe the difference is we don't have a banking license because we are, we are not bank and we are licensed as a digital asset service provider, um, which is some sometimes calls also virtual asset service provider, VASP. Um, so our license only uh, focus on uh, digital assets um, for all the activities that we are doing, which is. Uh, uh, crypto to fiat, fiat to crypto, crypto to crypto, and uh, the custody of crypto on behalf of customers. Uh, we don't have yet a banking license, but we are uh, applying for one um, that we should receive during the year, and that will help us to converge uh, from the crypto investment platform to a kind of uh, crypto banking platform, mixing both um, the ability to manipulate fiat currencies, but also uh, crypto digital assets. Right. So you have two licenses, uh, one from the uh, the French Financial Markets Authority, exactly. right? That's the Authority de Marche Financiers, and another one from Luxembourg. What's the license that you have in Luxembourg? The same, in fact. That's exactly the same that in France. It's for both. Uh, we operate two companies as uh, digital asset service providers. One is CoinHouse, uh, which is the main company, and the other one is a sister company of CoinHouse called CoinHouse Custody Services. And both are registered uh, under the, um, the Luxembourg and the French regulation. We've obtained the French regulation first uh, back in March 2020. Um, and uh, we just announced uh, that we've been registered by um, the uh, CSSF, which is the equivalent of the uh, French IMF but for Luxembourg. And that's very good because it's uh, going to help us to uh, access the institutional market in Luxembourg uh, and the fund management market as well. Would you then call um, CoinHouse a platform or basically a uh, custodian service? Um, and give me a sense of the relationship between CoinHouse and traditional banks, um, you know, onboarding fiat currency, onboarding customers, um, uh, the trouble that you have to go through right now. Well, um, right now we um, uh, we are already a, a, a crypto investment platform, which means that um, uh, first of all, as um, as most of the fintech uh, company, um, which could be neobank or other type of company, we have to um, um, make sure that uh, our customer have a full KYC, and uh, and so we we operate a digital onboarding. Uh, we don't have any uh, any more physical uh, onboarding, which means meeting people and so on. So there is a process using. Um, um, technologies that have been developed in-house and also um, uh, used uh, by uh, third-party third um, uh, providers uh, in order to, uh, to um, help people to uh, create an account uh, which is going to be validated and uh, follow the, um, the rules that applies to us from an AML uh, perspective. Uh, digitally uh, in something like between, uh, let's say, six and eight minutes. So in six to eight minutes, um, if you got your um, your mobile phone, uh, 
uh, if you have, uh, oh, sorry, this is the mobile phone. Uh, if you've got the um, uh, your ID card or your your passport, then you will be uh, uh, very easily uh, validated and you will be able to start uh, making an investment. Then after, um, why we are not a bank? Um, um, well, we, we, we sell cryptocurrencies. Um, that's our activities. Uh, we are the simplest way uh, and the most secure way to get access to cryptocurrencies uh, in France and in most of the European countries, which means that you can pay by, uh, by um, debit card. Uh, so you use your Visa or MasterCard. Uh, and then after you will get your cryptocurrency very fast on our platform. It takes something like less than one minute. Uh, and then you can do whatever you want. Uh, you can sell them. You can uh, swap your crypto in another type of crypto. So, we, for instance, you buy Bitcoin, and then after you want to exchange your Bitcoin in uh, ETH or in Solana, you can do it on the platform. You can also withdraw your Bitcoin and and, and send your Bitcoin to another wallet than uh, the Coinhouse wallet, uh, because one of the things that uh, comes with the platform is we offer the custody of all the crypto for all our customers. Um, so we, we, we offer you the capacity to uh, secure your crypto very easily. It's for free. Um, you can also uh, deposit crypto that you have not bought at Coinhouse. Uh, so you, you went to another platform and then you can deposit your crypto and we'll, we will keep them safely in a cold storage solution for free. Um, so that's the uh, the solution. You can buy by credit cards, but you can also buy by bank transfer. We don't offer a bank account right now. This is what we are going to offer with the banking license we are applying for. So right now, when you um, when you make a bank transfer, it means that you are going to buy crypto immediately. So you can withdraw. Uh, you can send us, for instance, uh, using your your bank transfer uh, system. Um, something like 5,000 euro or 10,000 euro or 100,000 euro. And then after you will be able to buy whatever you want and, and, and use your crypto and custody your crypto with Kainas. That's um, the way we differentiate. And then after we offer a lot, a lot of services uh, to our clients, which are uh, either um, companies, businesses or um, retail. And in fact, our retail investors are more... Um, uh, um, uh, type of premium customer, uh, like uh, private banking customer. The, the are the customer that uh, invest quite a lot of money with us. Uh, we really focus on uh, high value customer uh, uh, on our platform. I am a crypto investor. I use you know various uh, platforms. So you've had a number of years to to build uh, your market share. So give me a sense of how big is the uh, is the business in terms of assets under management, uh, how many customers, um, you know, uh, kind of a profile, and 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 who who would you compare yourselves uh, as as in terms of market share with other players in Europe? Okay, I, I will answer your question in in uh, in two parts. So first one, I will answer the, the question about the um, the figures. So we've got something like um, half a million of customers, so five five hundred thousand. Um, we, um, uh, we generated last year um, a volume of transaction of um, half uh, a billion, so 500 uh, million uh, of euros. Um, and we've got uh, one third of our customers, which are businesses, one third um, and even more 40%, which are premium customers, so um, private banking people. 
um, and uh, the rest, uh, more classical uh, retail investors. We have been funding in 2014, but in fact, what was funding in 2014 was um, the companies that then become ledger because we, um, we, 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 I didn't start the company. Um, I'm, uh, I'm one of the early investor. Um, I was a pre-seed investor in Ledger. Um, a long, to make a long story short, in 2014, there was a company in France uh, for which I was one of the investors. And this company was led by Eric Larchevêque, who was the original founder and CEO of Ledger. And uh, I guess you all know what Ledger is, huh? the Ledger Nano X and uh, yeah. Yep. So in fact, this company um, started a business in 2014 that was called La Maison du Bitcoin, the house of Bitcoin. And the idea was there was nothing in France and almost nothing in Europe um, to, um, to be like um, a white combinator for, uh, for crypto, uh, for blockchain technology. Uh, a physical place where you were able to meet people, meet entrepreneurs, start businesses, get advice, um, around uh, crypto and blockchain technology. And so we started this, this kind of incubator. Um, and a few months after the, the incubator was started, um, Eric met people that had the idea of creating the Ledger Wallet. And so we decided at this time uh, to merge uh, La Maison du Bitcoin with um, the project of the two guys. Um, and, and Ledger was funded. Uh, so Ledger came from the idea of um, Eric putting this um, uh, amazing uh, incubator around blockchain and crypto uh, technologies uh, in France in 2014. And two guys, one having the, uh, all the, the knowledge about the, the chipset uh, and the technology that is used, the microchip technology that is used in, in, in the Ledger to secure your, uh, your private keys. And the other one that uh, decided uh, about the form factor and the idea that you need a device to secure your wallet. And so we merged and we created Ledger. And as part of Ledger was created um, an activity to buy and sell crypto. Because at this time in 2014, 2015, that was not very easy for people to get access to crypto. Uh, where would you buy Bitcoin? And um, especially um, uh, some of the exchanges were not easy to access. They, they didn't have a bank account in Europe or in, in some places. So then the idea, the idea was to, um, to turn the activity of La Maison de Bitcoin as a broker dealer. So basically, La Maison de Bitcoin is a place where you buy Bitcoin, but you buy Bitcoin to CoinHouse, to La Maison de Bitcoin, which named now CoinHouse. And CoinHouse buys the Bitcoin to um, a, a marketplaces. Uh, and notably Kraken. So it's not a marketplace model. We are not an exchange and we've never been an exchange. Um, we've always worked with exchanges and we, we, um, we work on behalf of the customer on, on the exchange. That was um, the period, the first period from 2014 to 2017. So, and we've never been an exchange and we, we, we do not compete uh, uh, with exchanges, our partner. We compete more with... Um, Coinbase, um, as both approach, they are both an exchange with Coinbase Pro or Coinbase Prime. And they are also um, having uh, the same type of business model than I have, 
which is based on their mobile app and, and, and so on. Kraken is not a competitor because they are uh, an exchange. Crypto.com is a little bit more a competitor of, uh, of Coinhouse, as Revolut might be also, uh, or eToro in Europe uh, are also some, uh, some competitors. But we, we do not fulfill the same approach. First of all, all those companies are not regulated in France, which means that they are illegally doing business in France if they want to target directly French customers. They are not allowed to talk to French customer directly. A French customer can go on Coinbase if he wants, because with the internet, you can always use any type of service. And that's, we, people are not going to block you. But Coinbase cannot make a direct marketing approach to, uh, to French people. And soon they won't be able to eat in all Europe if they are not regulated in Europe. Same for Binance, same for crypto.com. We are regulated. Second point, we have a French bank. And if you use Coinbase, if you use crypto.com, and if you want to, uh, to send euros or if you want to receive euros after having sold your crypto, you're not going to receive euros from a, a European bank. We have Societe Generale as a bank, uh, which means that for companies, uh, for some customers, this is very important. Uh, and also it can help you not to be um, pointed out by the, uh, the tax administration in France, uh, because uh, your banks, if you receive a huge amount of money from a platform which is not regulated, your bank is going to declare a suspicious activity for you. So then we start uh, talking about who's regulated and who's not regulated. So that's very important. Last point, we have a customer services. Try to do it with Binance. They don't right. have any phone numbers. Try <coughs> to do it with Coinbase. If you are a company, if you are a premium investor willing to invest 100,000 euro, I mean, you, you, you want somebody that you can trust. You can call AMF, which is our yeah. regulator. You, you can really try to find us. Uh, I mean, we are based in Paris. We have physical offices. If um, we, we, we do bad behavior with customer, I'm going to be sued. I'm going to be fined by, by the regulator. That's the way it works with banks. So at one point, the regulation which will change our world and, and, and the positioning right now of most of the platform, which are exchanges, is not going to survive if they, if they won't be able to, uh, to, be, uh, to be regulated. So, and right. it's not easy to be regulated. So right. we, can't, we can't compare with the others. So given your story, um, you're a known quantity in Paris. So the regulators know who you are. They know where to find you. Yeah. Um, but um, would you say that another part of the story is that uh, you are then subject to a number of fee arrangements, which uh, makes you an expensive um, you know, custodian of um, digital assets? Um, you know, you're, you're subject to gas fees. You're subject to uh, transaction fees. Um, you know, that, that you actually absorb uh, a number of fee elements in there which you then pass on to customers. Uh, would that be something that a, a detractor might say about you? Well, no. Um, first of all, uh, use, using uh, uh, blockchain technology, um, uh, everyone has to pay uh, mining fees or gas fees. If you, want, if you have a ledger wallet, uh, which means you are your own custodian, and you want to send me uh, Bitcoin, which I will accept if you want to send me Bitcoin, 
you will pay your gas fee anyway, your mining fees anyway, because otherwise the transaction won't work. Uh, because this is the way the blockchain technology works. You have to pay the um, the system in order for the system to be sec to secured. On our side, if you want to withdraw the, your crypto, I will charge you um, also the, the mining fees as any platform. I mean, we do all operate in the same way, and I strongly encourage you to compare the cost by spending 1,000 euros on each platform, and then you will be able to compare. And you will be very surprised to see um, what are the spread on the platforms and uh, our platform charge you also. All the platform charge you anyway. And that's one, one, one answer to your question. Then we don't charge any custody fees for our customer. So when you buy crypto to CoinHouse, you have to pay transaction fees, as it is the case for Crypto.com, uh, for um, Bitpanda, for Kraken, Coinbase, and, and the others. So we charge you commission fees on each transaction. But the custody of your crypto, which cost us a lot of money, is for free. Um, because we charge you uh, money on the transaction, so we offer you the cold storage solution, even if it costs us some money. For our dedicated customer, which are using a very sophisticated custodian approach, which is the approach of CoinHouse custody services, then we target large company or investment fund and there is no other revenue than the custody. And since uh, I don't uh, uh, work for nothing, we charge the custody fees as copper, um, uh, fire blocks, um, and, and some big go are, are doing anyway. This is the, the business of those companies. And they are all very expensive. And we are less expensive than they, than they are. Right. Uh, it's amazing. This whole, this whole space is evolving. And there are several options that uh, you know you can you you can choose to take the technology route you can choose to take the the the, the custodian route you can choose to take the fund manager route the the banking route so now um, it seems that you're about to take the banking route that seems to be the most attractive to you why i strongly believe that um the banking and the financial industry is going to be hugely impacted by the blockchain technology. I strongly believe that the way banks and financial institution, financial market institution works today is going to be impacted as the car manufacturer uh, working with oil are going to change their way of building cars because we need to go in electric vehicles and tomorrow in hydrogen vehicles. So they have to change their way to manufacture cars, to um, uh, distribute energies, and to, um, uh, to, to, to repair cars, and so on, and so on, and so on. A, a lot of their um, uh, technology environments are going to change. That's the same uh, for um, the banking and the financial institution. Why? Because the blockchain technology bring a huge... Um, um, disruption in their uh, environment. It's a new way of manipulating funds. You need far less uh, intermediar intermediaries to check and monitor transactions and to make sure that there is no, um, uh, no fake uh, information uh, and, uh, in, uh, in, in, in the way of um, registering 
um, a transaction, um, uh, from payments to financial market to uh, uh, to financing and so on and so on. You start to see um, this evolution uh, not only with Bitcoin uh, but also with um, DeFi, with stable coins, with NFTs, with security tokens, and so on and so on. I strongly believe that exactly like the internet has change our way to communicate 25 years ago, um, like um, the electric vehicles, uh, a move will change a car manufacturer, the blockchain in general, not only the Bitcoin, but, but just the technology is going to change the banking uh, and the financial uh, uh, market. And so the incumbent, uh, the traditional banks, uh, either Chinese, uh, American, French, uh, uh, from all over the world, uh, will be in, in, in huge difficulties to absorb those technology. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is not the way they work, and this is not um, their understanding. Uh, this is totally different from a compliance, from a technology, from a customer relationship, from a risk and point of view. And so you need new players, exactly like Google take a huge role in our industry. Um, that was not the case 30, 30 years ago. They were not there. Um, same for Tesla. Tesla is, is, is having a huge impact in the car yeah. industry and Tesla right. was created recently. So the crypto finance world will emerge and will become big. It's going to take probably 10 years, but this is going to be big. And this is exactly where a company like Coinhouse can move. We want to be a crypto banking platform. We want to be a crypto bank. So crypto banks will be a bank manipulating cryptos and making all the banking services, but based on blockchain technology. But since the fiat currencies will still remain um, a huge part of our way to, to manipulate funds in the future, we need to um, also on our side be able to be licensed as a bank because otherwise a pure crypto um, a platform won't be able to, um, to, to take um, the, um, to lead the, the transformation in the market. You need to be at the convergence of the fiat and the crypto uh, technology. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what is a crypto bank and that's why we want to be a crypto bank and we will be the leader in Europe. What are questions that the regulators are asking you right now? Are you going through the crypto bank, um, you know, application process at all uh, right now? Well, I'm one of the probably the um, only guys in the world uh, using this word crypto bank. Um, There are a bunch of people in Switzerland and in in Germany I know that are are using it. But if you talk to uh, the Coinbase CEO, I'm I'm sure he's not going to talk to you about crypto bank. So I am pushing the world, saying that this is a new business, in fact. So none of the regulators is today writing what is a crypto bank because they don't know what it is. Um, this is the way innovation works. So right. um, today there is no crypto bank license, but tomorrow it will be. Today what we have, there is banking license on one side and there is crypto right. license on one side. So we've got the crypto license. We are going to apply for the um, uh, banking license, um, the one that suits with our business in Europe. Right. But um, is a crypto license expensive? Because, you know, we want the, a crypto bank license expensive because you it, it, it comes with a capital charge. 
it, it has liquidity requirements, you know, all of the things that you need to run a bank. So it is an expensive uh, route. It's going to be very expensive. Right now, um, the, at least in France, it's mostly focused on the anti-money laundering aspect uh, and the fight uh, against terrorism. Uh, so they mostly focus all the energies on KYC, AML, and uh, and fraud and 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 uh, risk management. So it's it's costly because it it requires uh, you to put some technology, some scoring. Uh, you need to do KYC starting zero euros. Uh, you need to understand the the risk. You need to be able to froze the asset of your customer if the government asks you to do it. You need to uh, make sure that if you have a uh, a politically exposed person, you need to, to understand it and to make some suspicious declaration. You, you have a lot of processes to put in place. It costs money and it's very long. Uh, for us, because we have been the first one to um, talk to regulators and talk to the French uh, governments in 2018, before the regulation started, it took us three months to be regulated. But the others, it took them between nine months and more than one year and a half. There are people that started to, to apply for regulation in 2022 that are still not regulated. So it could be complex um, and uh, it requires uh, to change a lot of processes, a lot of, uh, of stuff. This is just the beginning because what's coming with the European regulation, then you're right, uh, Emmanuel. We'll need in that case to um, uh, have capital, uh, enough capital to uh, capital charges um, enough liquidity, we need an insurance, we need um, a strong cyber security and, and, uh, and, and uh, risk assessment um, made every, very recently. I mean, a lot, a lot of processes from, from information technology, from insurance, from um, also the way we talk to customers, you need to, uh, to, uh, to make sure that you give um, a, a fair information to customer all the time. You need to put in place some uh, relationship, exactly like it is the case in MIFID, um, which is the European protection of, of, for financial market. And, and this is very, um, very close to the MIFID regulation, in fact. So right. it's going to cost us a lot. So being a non-European, uh, one of the interesting features of European regulation, which I want to test with you, uh, is that because both Europe and the UK uh, have been taking an open banking approach, um, you know, you, you just said MIFID, but also in PSD2, uh, exactly. as well as open banking. Now, uh, all of these, uh, you know, directions, uh, do they make it easier somewhat for a European to apply for a crypto license? Uh, because increasingly, the regulators themselves are becoming asset, in, asset neutral or, you know, asset agnostic, um, you know, that crypto is going to be just one type of asset, uh, you know, in, in a European setting. Uh, do you sense that? Exactly. That you, I strongly agree with your, uh, your assessment. Um, they will be uh, agnostic to the technology and they will try to, uh, to make sure that we follow the same type of, um, of rules. Um, necessarily, um, uh, you will have uh, um, a sandbox period because uh, this is innovation. So for some, uh, 
when, when we talk about payments and PSD2 and something, uh, for the payments, um, uh, the technology are already in place. Uh, even for the open banking, this is an add-on on, on what exists, and it's not easy. And, and, and but um, uh, there is the, it's not as disruptive as blockchain. So in, in our case, you will get a, um, a testing period, uh, an adaptation period, and there are a lot, a lot of um, also um, uh, situation uh, in the uh, uh, which um, appears with the blockchain technology that are still um, not discussed today or not considered. Uh, if you talk about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, um, about uh, security tokens, um, in some aspect, um, the decentralized finance uh, also uh, uh, providers and, and, and technologies are still um, not really discussed at the European level and and uh, the the regulators, the governments uh, are, are not ready yet um, because they still need to understand uh, where the market. Is. It's very early. Huh? We are in an early stage um, uh, phase of the market development. Now you you, you describe the origins, you know, with Ledger and Lavacion, uh, Bitcoin. Um, do you have a? Do you personally have a? Um, a, a conglomerate mindset, uh, which is to get the banking license and then build everything else around it. I, I guess probably yes. It's um, my, my my background uh, as uh, be, before I uh, I became the CEO of of Coinhouse and we we bought the company from Ledger and and and, and finance the company uh, with uh, the last round with uh, two global global ventures and then raising uh, near twenty million dollars. Um, we. Um, I was a VC, I was a venture capital uh, investor. Uh, I spent 15 years working in, uh, in uh, large uh, private equity and VC firms in France. I've been financing company, um, uh, developing businesses all over the world, uh, mostly in the, um, in the software as a service and, and technology space. Uh, and I've, I've seen um, company uh, also expanding a lot, uh, doing a lot of M&A, um, acquiring other company to become bigger and, and offer a larger services um, uh, offering to, uh, to their customer. So I, I guess I have this in my, in, in my mindset. Now, um, in, in terms of competition that is, will come, um, where do you think that uh, you know, your, your competition will likely to come from, uh, assuming uh, that you haven't got your banking licenses yet? Um, you know, like right now, is it the foreign players? Is it uh, another exchange? Uh, is it a, a you know a, a trading house which has got access to uh, liquidity pools, for example, which can help them to you know pass on some of the transaction cost savings to to their customers, or you know find the best price or something like that? Uh, how's that whole space evolving? Uh, and you know, and and how do you see uh, your um, advantage, your strategic advantage, um, you know, relative to whatever competition might be coming on stream now? Well, first of all, I do believe in a in a reg regional market and not in a in a global uh, market. So I, I don't believe that you will find uh, a global um, player for this uh, for this business. Uh, we are talking about finance uh, um, and financial services. Uh, so usually um, uh, governments, uh, they want to control it or at least to understand what's going on uh, because this is related to taxes uh, and to um, um, 
money laundering to uh, uh, to their ability to control where the money is going uh, uh, in, in, in the market. Uh, it's also a way to finance economy. So I don't believe that you will you will have a, a winner takes all um, uh, solution like it might have been the case in uh, with one global player being the crypto bank of everyone in the world. Um, I, I probably people will fight against this, and government will probably may even physically fight against it. So with army, because um, don't forget that a country is an army, um, a currency. Uh, and, and tax system. That's where we, we mostly define um, a country. So if, if they don't have the way to, uh, to take tax and if they don't have a currency, they will probably use their army. So, okay. so yeah. you, you, will, you, you, you will find players in Asia and probably China will be having a another market like so, yeah. And I guess the US will play their role and try to uh, put their um, their uh, the spy everywhere in the world, so uh, we have to uh, to be careful. And in Europe, you have you have a clear a clear role. Then after um, the traditional banks will clearly uh, at one point be able to uh, to come back in the uh, in this uh, in this environment. So they will either acquire a company or or be able to uh, uh, to enter the game. So they will definitely. Um, clearly, U.S. banks are, as usual, um, uh, very active. And if you look at J.P. Morgan, they just changed their mind. Uh, three years ago, the, the, the dean of uh, the CEO of J.P. Morgan was saying that anyone owning Bitcoin would be fired. And, uh, and, and, and in fact, he was having Bitcoin on his own. So um, the guy is a little bit weird. But uh, right now, they are offering Bitcoin to their clients. So... Uh, it, it can show everyone that people can change their mind. Um, and, and Goldman Sachs is doing a lot of stuff. Uh, there are a lot of funds and ETF also moving. Um, the CME's market in Chicago is very uh, is getting momentum. Coinbase is a very strong player. So those players um, from the traditional and, and some large players like Coinbase will definitely play a role. I, I strongly hope that the European and some other player in the world will um, definitely emerge and will react in order not to lose our uh, sovereignty. Uh, and I strongly believe I will play a role in this game. Um, but I do believe also that uh, you have large uh, players right now, such as Binance, which is probably trying to find their way in the world. Two questions uh, very uh, quickly. Uh, one is, tell me a little bit about the investors that you've attracted, the questions they've asked, um, you know, what were they mostly interested in, um, your key investors right now. And the second is, uh, talk to me a little bit about institutional investors in uh, crypto in Europe. Uh, how do you think that will evolve? So um, we've got a, a bench of US, European and Asian investors. So True Global is uh, incorporated in Singapore and they have um, um, partners in more than 40 countries, um, uh, more than 40 cities, sorry, in the world, uh, from the US to, to, uh, uh, to Russia, uh, Middle East and, and, and APAC uh, region. So um, they are very strong and very global. 
Uh, we've got also um, uh, several family offices. We've got the sovereign fund of Luxembourg investing in our companies. We've got Consensus, which is one of the leaders in uh, developing uh, a solution on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and uh, we've got French VCs as well in our, in our, in our round table. Uh, regarding the institutional, um, Europe is not uh, leading the, the race in this situation, as it might be the case in, uh, in the US or maybe in some countries in Asia. Um, I would say Europe excluded uh, Switzerland, which is a different market. Um, so Switzerland is active anywhere in the market and much more active than any other countries in Europe. Um, but I think that Luxembourg wants to do uh, uh, more and wants to accelerate and I encourage the French government to do uh, more also in the space. So the institutional market is still um, trying to understand and, and feeling if this is the right timing to enter. I do believe that 2022 and will probably uh, accelerate the their interest and, and, and makes a big move. We see also large company um, uh, entering the market, either for using crypto as payment solution uh, or for using NFTs and trying to do something in the metaverse business, which right. at the end is related to crypto business. So they need custodian, um, a regulated custodian solution. They need to conversion uh, crypto to fiat or, or, or crypto to crypto. And so they need pe people like us. Last question. Uh, has, the yeah. volatility, has the volatility in the market been good or bad for you? Well, it's good um, as soon as the volatility is, um, is uh, showing opportunities uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to investors. If you've got um, low volatility, uh, people are wondering uh, what's going on and they might wait and see, uh, which is the worst situation in our case. Um, if you've got volatility in a market which is always decreasing, this is also very bad because then people start to be disesperated about um, the market and they want to wait, but they want to wait for six months, one year before, before coming back because they don't believe this is the right time to uh, to enter the market. That was really the case in 2018, which was uh, very tough uh, from, from this point of view. Right. And how do you think, uh, you know, the market will evolve now, uh, given that it's actually a much more sophisticated market than it was in 2018? Uh, the, you know, you've got stable coins, you've got an entire economy in decentralized finance. Uh, isn't that of interest to you? Because decentralized finance, you, you could yeah. actually be generating income, uh, you know, and not just uh, holding assets. Uh, have you actually considered decentralized finance? Yeah, we even more than consider, we, we offer product on decentralized finance. So uh, in, in fact, the, the, you're totally right, Emmanuel. The, the world has totally changed uh, since uh, 2017 and, 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 and the last, uh, I would say, uh, uh, Bitcoin all-time high uh, effect. Um, first of all, uh, Bitcoin is still very uh, important in the economy, but we, we, we have a huge number of different uh, coins. Um, we, we start to see um, also um, other aspects of the business with the NFTs. Uh, the decentralized finance allows you to, uh, to generate yield uh, with your cryptos. 
Uh, you've got also the capacity to, uh, to borrow uh, some crypto uh, uh, using collaterals. So there are a lot, a lot of uh, possibility um, in order to, um, to, to make you, um, uh, to, to, to generate a strong interest in, uh, in owning and, 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 uh, and manipulating cryptos. So that's exactly um, the trend we want to, to surf, even if the market, <coughs> sorry, is not necessarily going into uh, um, an all-time high peak in 2022. Maybe uh, we, we, uh, we are at the end of the, the big, um, uh, um, the, the, this big step in the progress of, of, of the Bitcoin price. We probably need to wait a little bit, but um, there are a lot of opportunities. And one change is um, the type of, of investors also has, has changed a lot. We mentioned it, but um, you've got companies uh, you've got institutional investor. And that's also uh, what surprised me a, a little bit. And maybe um, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed about it is <clears throat> in the current financial market situation. Um, uh, in fact, uh, we should not see a, a correlation between financial markets, like the evolution of NASDAQ and, and, and Dow Jones and the price of Bitcoin. Uh, because it should be uncorrelated. This is not the same type of asset. Bitcoin is only 21 million um, uh, units. Um, it is not controlled by a central bank. It has nothing to do with Tesla or evolution of the oil uh, or gas price. But the evolution is a little bit the same because the people that today uh, buy and sell are also the same that also in uh, buy and sell on the financial market. So they, they consider um, Bitcoin as a risky asset, as it is the case for some of the um, uh, traditional risky financial, uh, traditional uh, financial markets, which are considered as risky. This could be stocks market or, or, or utilities market. And, and in that case, they behave in the same way. So if they believe that the Fed is going to increase their um, the rates, then they are going to uh, to disinvest and to uh, to sell the position in order to invest in uh, uh, less secure, uh, more secure assets, but uh, offering better uh, better yield. So this is a little bit weird because it should not be the case. So I hope also to see um, an evolution in this market uh, because it's people uh, did not create Bitcoin to uh, behave as uh, uh, as dollars, you're, you're probably the first person who's mentioned that um, you know that the that the evolution of platforms will be regional. So I've taken uh, I've taken note of what you just said. I, I strongly believe this is the case, and just think about the the way the uh, traditional economy works and, and the way uh, government works. But if the crypto business, which I strongly believe is going to be part of the financial uh, and the economy. Um, it's not possible because otherwise it's uh, ju just give your everything to the US and then we should all become US citizens. You know, in the event that you don't get a banking license uh, or if, even if you did, uh, is there a temptation to start a European, um, you know, a European stable coin? Uh, because once you have a banking license, a stable coin is a deposit account, um, you know. Uh, is that something that's crossed your mind or how do you think about stable coins? Uh, 
In, in fact, we have one. Um, we are offering one on the platform, which is a Europlage stablecoin. This type of stablecoin is, is, is something which is interesting, but don't forget that um, to be really used everywhere in, in, in Europe, it has to be pushed uh, with quite a lot of uh, money and used by many platforms. Right now, it's, it's used by us. Um, this is just the beginning. And if you touch too much to the currency, then you start having big troubles with um, with banks and with the French and the European uh, Parliament. Yeah. Now, how are stable coins regulated in Europe? Under what regulation do they come under? Uh, it goes under the a new regulation which is going to be put in place, which is called Mika, which is um, uh, market in crypto assets, and that's the European regulation for crypto. Uh, it covers everything. Platform like me, um, stable coin. Uh, NFTs, uh, DeFi, um, it, it's the global um, uh, regulation framework for all the crypto uh, businesses um, uh, taken not only from, from what Bitcoin is, but really all the, the crypto technology. It goes also to securities token also. So it's defined in the, in the MICA regime. And right now, um, it goes in their mind, uh, but it's not decided yet because the law has not been uh, uh, voted um, uh, and the text has still uh, to be discussed, but it's considered by the regulators right now in Europe as um, uh, electronic payment. Thank you very much, Nicholas, and wish you very well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.